you have your Bibles and would turn with me, I will not keep you long tonight, but I would like for you to look with me to the Old Testament, the book of 1 Samuel chapter 26, and I am going to read verse number 21. 1 Samuel chapter 26 and verse number 21. And when you get it and you are ready, I want you to say amen. Praise God. Some of you still needing some help. I'm going to give you a few more minutes. Somebody say praise the Lord. 1 Samuel chapter 26 and verse number 21. Then said Saul, I have sinned, return my son David, for I will no more do thee harm, because my soul was precious in thine eyes this day. Behold, I have played the fool and have erred exceedingly, because my soul was precious in thine eyes this day. Behold, Saul said, I have played the fool. I want to talk to you for a few moments tonight about playing the fool. And before you turn me off, please hear me out. Amen. Everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The word that is used to describe Saul in his own language is a startling word, one that we would not carelessly use against anyone, and that is the term fool. And so I do want to be careful how I handle that word tonight because I certainly would not want anyone to leave here under the impression that I was loose with that word and carelessly spoke that word over anyone in this building. I just want to talk to you about playing the fool. Playing the fool. The story of Saul is a story of great possibility and great tragedy. And in this one verse of Scripture, an autobiography is given of a life that has gone wrong. A man who began with so much ended in such a pitiful and disastrous situation the end of Saul's life, he is visiting the witch of Endor trying to find direction for his life and you know how his story ends and in a battlefield and uh, having to plunge himself through with a sword so that he might die. In a half a dozen words, we have the confession of his life, a tragic confession to say the least but Saul came to realize what he was and what he was playing and that was a fool the word that is used to define a fool speaks of one who lacks not only moral uh, sense they they not only lack a sense of moral balance or rectitude, but they also lack a sense of spiritual comprehension. 
And so it was of Saul, a man who knows the truth about himself and where he is at this particular moment in his life and where his life had ended up. And he said, I have played the fool. What is tragic about this story is that it could be any story. It could be my story because no one is exempt from playing the fool. No one is exempt from playing the fool. No one is wise enough or smart enough or no one can be crafty enough that they can exempt themselves from the possibility of falling in the category of one who has lost all sense of spiritual comprehension and they have lost their moral boundaries in their life and they are playing a fool. Saul's life is a sad testimony to the, to the simple truth that advantages in life do not always assure you of success. And, and when I say that, you have to go back and read the beginning of Saul's life to understand the real importance of that statement because Saul was advantaged. He was a head and shoulders above everyone else in Israel. And the Bible talks about his physical physique and his splendor as a man. He had all of the advantages of success, but he did not succeed. And he had the greatest opportunity that has ever been given a man to do what is right. And yet even opportunity does not crown men with success if they miss the mark. You can have everything going for you and still have a destructive, rebellious nature in you and you can lose it all. And nobody in this building is exempt from what I'm talking about tonight. If Saul, who according to the Bible, came from a good family. If you read 1 Samuel 9, 1 and 2, it speaks of his father as being a mighty man of valor. So Saul came from good stock. He came from good parentage. He came from a father that knew how to stand and be a man. He not only came from a good background and a good heritage, but he was physically a specimen to be desired. He was strong. He was tall. He was mighty. And uh, he seemed to have a modest disposition, even as blessed as he was. He did not boast of himself, and he did not push himself and God chose him to be the first king of Israel. And he had a unique opportunity in that. God called him to be a king. God appointed him to be king over Israel. What a platform Saul had to display God's grace. What a place for God to show himself mighty. And what a chance for this man to bless his people 
who were wayward and were rebellious and they didn't want God to be their king any longer. They wanted a king they could see with their natural eyes. And so God gave them a man that had all of the outward trappings. He had all of the physical evidence of being what they needed and he had that opportunity. What a chance to bless his people. What an opportunity to cooperate with God and be a part of God's plan. And oh, how well he was equipped. But when you begin to read the story of Saul, you soon find that his life begins to err in the wrong direction. That when you begin to read the story of Saul, you find him hiding when he should have been standing forth. Not long after that, you see pride come up in his life. And he, he marshals an army of 3,000 men strong. Rather than seeking God, he thinks he's going to do it on his own. And then he becomes impatient and he becomes self-dependent and he becomes restless. He goes into the priest's office and he does something that he's not supposed to do. He offers a sacrifice that was not him to offer. He does not wait for Samuel to get there but offers something before God's people. And he becomes rash and impulsive. And his actions endanger not only himself but his son and his family. And then he disobeys in the matter of Amalek. And instead of destroying Amalek as he was commanded, he saved the spoil. He is ruthless in his hatred of David. And his jealousy of that man so overwhelms him that he loses sight of his, his priorities in life and what God had called him to be. And Saul began playing the fool. When I begin to look at Saul's life over the last few weeks and examine him because I realize that I could be Saul, you could be Saul, we could all be, we could all wind up being Saul. We could have all of the advantages. We could have all of the opportunities. We can be in the right place. We can have the anointing of God on our life. We can have the blessings of God on our life and still ruin that if we're not careful and still void that in our lives so that we come to the end of our days and all we can say about our life is that we have played the fool. When I begin to examine Saul's life, there are some things that begin to stand out to me on why he would say of himself, what makes a fool? What makes a man a fool? What makes a man play a fool? Number one, one plays the fool when we fail to submit to the one king of kings and lord of lords. It doesn't matter how great you become, you're never greater than the Lord himself. And it doesn't matter how wise you are. It doesn't matter how much you learn in life. You know what's amazing to me as a pastor? How many people I encounter on a regular basis that literally, they don't say it, but they think they know more than God knows. Because they will do things that are contrary to the Word of God and expect a good thing to come out of it. And it doesn't come. But they think they're smart enough to make it happen. I'm just telling you, you can't go against this Word and against this book 
and expect a good thing to come out of it. It's not going to happen. You can't deny the principle of the Word of God and still expect God to bless your life. But I'm amazed at how many people are unwilling to submit themselves to Him. Submission is a key to everything in life. Obedience is important to our spiritual life. And Saul's life began to unravel when he refused to submit himself to the king that is above all kings. And when we have, be, when, when you and I begin to have issues with submission in our life, we are bordering on the side of playing the fool. When we have issues with submission, when we're not willing to humble ourselves before anybody or anything, we are bordering on playing the fool. When you think that you have put yourself where you are, and you are what you are because of what you've done, you are bordering on being a fool. You are bordering on the edge of playing the fool because none of us are where we are by our own doings. We are all here tonight by the grace of God. None of us deserve anything that we have. There are no self-made men or women among us. We are all here by the grace of God. And when we begin to have problems with submission in our life, it doesn't matter where that submission is directed. When we begin to struggle with submission, that was Saul's number one problem. He refused to be submitted to God. He began to play the fool. Saul began to play the fool when you make enemies of the people God has put in your life to help you. I want to say that again. You begin to play the fool when you make enemies of the people that God has put in your life to help you. God put a Samuel in David's life or in Saul's life to help him. Samuel was a man of God. Samuel was the voice piece of God to his people. He had been a judge over Israel. He was the man who prayed for Israel. He was the man who directed Israel in a spiritual sense. And even though Saul had been anointed king, God left Samuel in his life so that Samuel could influence him and impact his life. But one of the first things that Saul did was he he began to view him as an enemy. And if you don't believe that, go read the whole story and see what happened. Go look at what happens and what transpired. He didn't say it with his words, but he said it with his action. And he isolated Samuel from his life. He didn't want to hear what Samuel had to say. He didn't want to, he, he didn't, he, he wanted Samuel to forget all that stuff. He, go look at what he did when he came back from the battle with Amalek and he still had Amalek and the choice and the prize of, of that battle still intact. And he brings them in and he's, and after Samuel is re, rebukes Saul and tells him that he's done wrong, Samuel, Saul, the only thing he's interested in is how he's going to be viewed by Israel. And so he begs Samuel, forget about what you've said and just come on and go with me on down the road in this procession. We begin to play the fool when we make enemies of the people that God puts in our life to help us. 
When we isolate them, we cut off the very people that God sent for our good. Samuel was one of them. Jonathan was his son. Jonathan was his right arm. Jonathan was a man of unique character. Jonathan was a man of such humbleness and such a humility and spirit that even though he had the right to ascend to the throne, he realized that the hand of God was with David. And so he said, David, you, you're, you're the one that God's chosen. You're the one that's going to succeed my father. And he was willing to recognize that. But, but instead of Saul embracing that son that God had put in, maybe he could teach him some humility. Maybe he could teach him a little bit about submission. The Bible says that he actually put Jonathan at risk of being killed himself because of his own action he isolated his own son from his life more than that he isolated David David was not sent to torment him David was a singer of Israel David was called in to soothe the evil spirit that came from the Lord he would play his harp and he would sing the song and the Bible said that that spirit that troubled Saul would calm and he would become okay and, and, and that happened regularly. David came in and he would play but there came a point in Saul's life where he began to hate David, jealous of David. He, he was envious of what God was doing with David and for David and what people were saying about David. Saul has killed his thousand and David has killed his ten thousand. Instead of him rejoicing in the fact that he had slain his thousand, he was jealous that David had slain his ten thousand. And so he becomes jealous of of a singer, of a worshiper that God had brought into his life to keep him connected to the presence of God, to keep him connected to the Spirit of God. He hates him. He throws a javelin at him. He tries to destroy. You better be careful tonight when you start isolating people in your life that God has put in your life to help you. You may be on the verge of being that fool that Saul said he was. Saul said, I played a fool because I isolated myself from the people that God had sent to help me. Saul said, I played the fool because I didn't think that small things mattered with God. I didn't think that small things mattered with God. I became a fool because I disobeyed in the smallest things. I saved Amalek when I should have destroyed Amalek. And I learned from God in that moment that obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice. I've said it before, but there are people that I've known in my life that they would sacrifice anything, but they would not bow their knee or be willing to obey in any way. And God would not, could not, will not bless a life like that. He was disobedient in small things. 
It's the small things in life that usually get most of us in trouble. It's not the big catastrophes. It's the little things that we let slip into our life. Be careful of those small things that you think are insignificant and don't really matter because they do matter with God. He played the fool because he attempted to justify his wrong that he had done in his life. Listen to me tonight. I've had people tell me, Brother Hughes, I deserve to be happy. And what that was was a justification for their wrong action. I deserve this. I have a right for this. I, 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 this belongs to me in the reality of the truth of the matter is it was just a selfish moment in their life. We don't deserve anything. But the truth is when you and I begin trying to justify our life and what we've done wrong to try to make it right, we're on the edge of playing the fool. He attempted to justify what he had done by saying that it was okay. And lastly, probably one of the most critical points in Saul's life, he played the fool when he allowed hatred to become the master of his life. Hatred became the master of his life and it drove him every day. There's a portion of Scripture that's always intrigued me. It's speaking in reference to David. And the Bible said of Saul that he pursued David every day. Every day. Every day he woke up, the first thought on his mind is, I've got to get David today. I've got to get David today. All through the day. All he could think about, I've got to get David today. You better, you better be careful when you get a mindset that said, I've got to get somebody. He became consumed with it. It ate him up. Morning, night, the last thing on his mind when he would go to bed. He spent his remaining years as a king futilely trying to find that rogue David and slay him. He sought him every day, every day. Every day, every day, hatred so consumed him that it controlled his life. He could not even make a move without it affecting him. And I don't know tonight, maybe I'm talking to somebody that's on the verge of that kind of hatred in your life. Maybe I'm talking to somebody that's on the verge of letting something get such a control of you that every moment that you live, that's all you think about. Be careful of that. Be careful of that. Because that's, that's what Saul said. That's what his life had become based on hatred. And it mastered him. And it so consumed him that he spent the remaining portion of his life trying to kill a man that God had blessed and anointed and he could not kill him. Amen. He could not kill him because he was going to succeed him as the king of Israel. So try as you may. Do you realize that there are times that you can get so out of sync with God in your life that you begin to fight God's own plan 
and you begin to work against the very thing that God has set in motion as a follow-up to you or what's going on in your life, that you can get in such a frame of mind and you can get in such a way of thinking in your mind that you completely forget that God has a plan and God's plan is going to be worked out. And it doesn't matter how hard you try, you're never going to kill God's plan. He said, I played the fool. I cut people off in my life. I let other people become my friends. You know, it's a dangerous thing when you neglect your, two, your true friends and you make new friends that make you neglect your old friends. That's a dangerous place to be. Amen. Amen. Maybe tonight somebody's on the edge. I don't know. But I do know that there are people that are playing the fool. There's a spirit that's loose in our world that's destroying families and destroying minds and people and pushing people over the edge. But there's something worse than that that's loose and it's a spirit of selfishness and self-centeredness that's driving a lot of people to do what they're doing. Saul, a man who was gifted, a man who was anointed, a man who was called, a man who was chosen, wound up messing his whole life up because of a few little things that I've mentioned to you tonight. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together.